Good morning. And Happy New Year. We, we made it through the through 2020 and now it's 2021. We're glad each of you are here this morning. The ones that's with us online, we're glad to have y'all with us. And we just, we've got a beautiful day out there today. So if you're online, if you've got a prayer request, you can re put that online and turn that in to us. Or you can uh, give Priscilla a call in the office. She'll be glad to. Good to have each of you here this morning. So everybody had a good Christmas and we're back with a new year today. So I want to read a scripture, a few scriptures from Proverbs uh, 3, 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Let's pray that God will be with us this morning in the service. And uh, again, we're glad to have each of you here today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us. We thank you for this new year, Lord, that we can worship you and be in your house this morning. Just thank you for the love that you have for each of us. And we just ask that you be with us in this service, Lord, and that your will will be done and your name be lifted up. We ask all this in your name. Amen. I can't think of a better song to begin our new year with. God is good. Won't you stand with me as we sing that through twice, please? God is good all the time. Put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good all the time. God's good all the time. He put a song. Praise in this heart of mine God is good all the time Through the darkest night His light will shine God is good God is good all the time Thank you, you may be seated Children, I guess it's time for you to go on back with Miss Hannah if you're ready or they may already be back there. <laughs> on our giving, uh, just wanted to say that we thank everybody on our Christ birthday offering. We uh, received over $1,300, and we appreciate This is a very loving and giving church, so we want to thank each of you for that. If you, uh, we've got a box on the back back there that uh, you can put your offering in, or you can either mail it in 
or either put it uh, in the box on the outside at the drive if you want to do that. Uh, also, that this morning that we've got a good many prayer requests, and we just ask that you just remember each of those that's listed uh, on the prayer request this morning. And we've got some people still dealing with the the virus, but they seem to be doing good. But we just uh, ask that you just pray for for the ones that's on there, and you may have some others that may need to be added. Brother Nelson and his family. Okay, thank you. So a lot of people's dealing, still dealing with this. So we just ask that you just remember uh, Steve and his family. And uh, I think uh, LM and Linda, they're doing, I've talked to them and they're, they're doing good. I think uh, Carolyn, she, I talked to her this morning earlier and she said she's doing good. So just remember, remember these uh, requests. I'm going to pray for, for different uh, requests that we have on the list this morning. So if you would. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we bring these people before you that, that's in our, our church and people that we're connected with. We just ask that you just be with them. Continue to touch LM and Linda and Miss Carolyn. Be with them. We pray that you be with Steve and his family, Lord. Uh, Agra Bossimo, uh, Keith Billings, uh, Sherry Easternly, we just pray that you be with her. Be with our teachers, our students in their schools as they start back this week. We just ask that you keep them safe, keep your hand on them, Lord. And the Let Low family, we pray that you continue to, to be with them. And we ask this in your name. Amen. We've got a privilege this morning. Jeremy Huckabee is going to bring our, our message to us today, so we're pleased to have you with us. So come on. Good morning. How y'all doing this morning? I'm a little nervous, even though I teach to speak to 126 graders every day and probably about 40 baseball players from high school every day. I'm a little nervous but hopefully I'll get through this pretty quickly. Um, not quickly, but correctly. Um, two Sundays ago, Brother Ray uh, gave us a beautiful description of the gift of God he gave to us. His gift was personal. His gift was sacrificial. His gift was from the heart and life changing. And then uh, followed up by that was Brother Adams and says, and challenged us not to accept Christ's challenge to us to follow him with just words but to go with our full heart, mind, and soul. I know many of us in this new year have like decided to make New Year's resolutions, either many or some or just few, or just to change the direction of how this last past year has gone. Um, to create and build a better relationship with God and to fulfill some of the promises that you have made to him or likewise to others. This past year has tested us uh, on many levels, politically, financially, emotionally, and physically, and some of them all the above. I know for me, two or three of those are in there. So 
my main goals to myself, to my family, to everything is to try to be a, a better person, a better change my walk from the core, from the base of it, who it is, what it is, to reimagine something that's greater with God in the relationship I have with him. Um, speaking of speaking of sixth graders, this year has been many, in many ways, like dealing with a sixth grade class. In many ways, I'll say by this, because you take a group of sixth graders, you put them in a room, tell them they gotta learn something, and they've been distracted, much as, as we have been this entire year with different things going on, and one kid makes a sound. Well, that sound sounded similar to something that everybody does. It wasn't that sound, it was the desk in his backpack, but however, 30 other kids hear it and start chuckling. Then you have to worry about someone's funny chuckle will turn around, make more laughs on that funny chuckle, and then somebody who didn't get the attention they wanted will make a noise similar to that one, just so he can get some attention and be laughed and be part of the group. And it takes 20 to 30 minutes to get back to having them write their name on their paper. That's the gist of one of the classes I have. And I feel like many times this year, we've been, our focus has been virus, has it been disease, has it been, do we get to see our grandparents? Do we get to see this? We're getting constantly distracted by everything we need to do instead of focusing on what we need to do as Christians in our daily walk. Um, so what can we do to achieve our goals, grow in our walk, and strengthen our relationship with God, where do we find the help? Where do we go to the guidance? Where do we go find the information? There are countless books on how to achieve your goals, how to grow in your relationship with God that all are all out there. Every year people alter previous versions, change it up, reorganize it, and they show a different perspective, but ultimately saying the same thing. Many recent books mention having the right mindset, being in the moment, making decisions daily to achieve your goal and growth for that day. It starts with the little stuff. In today's verse, uh, Romans 12, 9 through 13, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one to one to another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be hopeful, be joyful in hope, patience in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Now, I know that doesn't directly tell you how to accomplish your goals, but what I do think it does is it sets an underlying method of how you should operate with instruction to use each day to accomplish your goals and your growth. You have to have a basic need, a basic drive in you that makes you do what you do on a daily basis. Now verse 9, it states, Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Everything we do must be sincere. From the time we wake up and tell our kids, good morning, I love you, that's being in the moment, which many people tell you to do. 
Love, it must be sincere in everything we do, from walking out the door, being in the moment of driving from work to, or driving from home to work. It says, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. We have distractions throughout the day, things that will take us off where our main purpose is of that day. And you've got to learn how to adapt, not to focus on those, but focus on what is good. What is the good, positive thing that you're going to do that morning? I know sometimes I dread going to see my sixth graders first thing in the morning. I have football, because I'm a coach in football and in baseball. So I have football. And they don't come there, in my sense of the word, and some of the other coaches' sense of the word, with a sense of purpose. What is their purpose of being there? Is it, is it to, to talk, to be with their friends? And right, right now we're training them to have that purpose. Forget about the conversations. Your first period, you need to go there and work. You're there to get stronger, faster, knowledgeable in football. So what is your purpose of when you're coming and going to do that day? Is it just to go to work, just to talk to your friends? But what is the purpose of when we go to interact with other people? Take away the distractions and focus on what is good and what ultimately is your purpose. Be devoted one to another in brotherly love. Devote time to your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Not only does this help them as they go and strive for their goals each day, but it also helps you. You never understand sometimes until you've seen and talked to the brother and get that recharge that you needed to get through the rest of your day. Or come to church, get recharged for the rest of the, rest of the week. It's not that you were there to, to visit, it's just that you got that smile you needed to get you into the right mind to learn and, and observe God's work through you. Number 11, verse 11. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Your mind, body, and soul, as we learned last week, are elements of your devotion to the Lord. So when we go out through the day and fight these little battles that we have of I dropped my keys before I got into the car and then went to bend over and hit my head on the, on the windshield. That's happened to me. We have to fight through that with our spiritual fervor and zeal of why we're going to work. Why are we doing this? Why are we going to accomplish these little goals to ultimately satisfy and achieve our larger goals. Verse 13, or 12, I'm sorry. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Many people have decided to, prayer is, a, is your fastest way to seek help. You go and you, you, when you pray, you pray together. That's the one thing you can do by yourself. Don't need anybody else's help. Don't need Anything is just stop what you're doing and pray. Everything we do throughout the day, we accomplish goals and tasks, but we must do it with a prayerful heart, knowing and seeking out what decisions that we made. Some of them will come easy, some of them won't come so easy. But as we walk through life, prayer has to be a constant because without communication, there's no real relationship. And so sometimes I pray, sometimes once when I haven't been paying attention. Most of the time it's been, it's usually three or four times a day. Lord, let me get through this class. I promise I'll have a better attitude next class. These kids have ruined me. 
I'm done for the day. And then the next class comes in, things go off right, my positive attitude. Then I need that little help reminder. You promised God that you would have a better attitude with this class than you did with the last class. And then it gets better. For somehow, some reason, my mindset going in after praying that little prayer, after doing that little thing, even though it's just a little spick of a prayer, helps me get through the rest of that class period. It's a conversation, it's a relationship that you must try to stay in communication. It helps. And last, uh, verse 13, share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Now, as I mentioned before, um, you never know when someone's, that smile or that, that, that kind word does to somebody. I know I've had students, when I worked in Houston, very, I worked in downtown Houston, and very, people were very, not very friendly a lot of times, especially to me. Uh, as being a teacher, male and white, sometimes that was a, a big issue. But they knew I was the baseball coach, and they knew I was kind of stern many times, many ways. But the moment they saw me break that sternness or break that coaching attitude, something develops between you and that kid. Um, I remember this one kid who had had a history of being in a gang. He was a leader of the local gang. He was a very, very intelligent guy. Never talked, never said a word, but he always kind of just went his own way. And teacher stayed out of his way, principal stayed out of his way. He wasn't an overall bad kid, but you know he was up there where he was thinking that he was gonna be, he was planning stuff all the time. He would never, when he was a freshman, I was told that he was very belligerent, very outgoing, very, very, Faceful, I mean, very not faceful, but uh, very on display. His 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 angst, his 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 lack of discipline. When he was a senior, he came to me one day, and uh, at a public school, he said, "I have these questions. I know I played baseball with you for your, this last year, and I felt that I could talk to you about these things." He gave me a list of 22 questions about God about life. And it was like, hmm, I disarmed myself one day in practice to talk with him. The very next day, he comes with all these questions. I was not prepared. And being in public school, you're like, hmm, I can't really talk about this. As a matter of fact, this is the answers I want to know, he wants to know. So I gave him, you know, the a simple answer, I said, well, how old are you? Because <laughs> I needed to know if he was 18 and then we could freely discuss everything that he asked because some of them were very poignant. And so uh, he said, well, I'll be 18 in two weeks. And I said, okay, all right. I'm going to direct you to somebody who can talk to you about this stuff right now, but if you still have the same questions, come back to me when you're 18. Didn't say a word. He actually didn't come to school for like a solid week because he was doing something to get ready for graduation. Those two weeks later, he comes up with a notepad and 22 questions written down and said, here's my questions. I had almost forgotten about it. I was like, every time I saw this, I would think about when I see him like down the hallway, like, well, I guess he doesn't want to know. He didn't even come to baseball. Didn't, 
anything. So I was like, hmm, all right. So one day I was back out of practice. He hadn't been there in two weeks. And I was like, and he pulls up, has a notepad, said, I'm ready for the questions. I turned 18 yesterday. I was like, oh, Lord. So I sat down with him for probably about 30 to 45 minutes. I said, well, some of these questions I can't answer here straight off because I don't want to lead you in the wrong direction. So I said, can I take these home, write out some answers, and then give them to you? Well, he said, okay. He said, that sounds good. So the next day, it wasn't, I had never seen this kid show up before school. I go to my class about 7.25-ish, about 20 minutes before class. He was at my door already waiting for those answers. I was like, okay, this is how it's going to go. So I go and I, I said, make sure, I'm glad I did it last night. I went ahead and decided to go and do it last night. I said, I wait till this morning or, and wait. So I handed him the paper. I handed him the stuff. And then he said, okay, thank you, and walks off and leaves. Two or three uh, months later, I found out the kid had quit everything he was doing, went off, got a job with, with, some, with some construction company, and has led, from what I know now, I have not been in contact with him, but has led an exemplary life, something that he did not have. Because one day I decided to change, to be hospitable, instead of having my coaching face on, my everything on, he left that day a changed person because of one day, one simple attitude, one simple look I gave him during practice. And so I was like, man, this is all worth it. This is why I was here this, to this, that day. And as we come, uh, it's a little bit of a sidebar. I just want to thank all of y'all here for being hospitable. I haven't been to a church in a while that has been this, this friendly to my wife, my family, to want to engage with us uh, on, a, on two different levels. And then I've known Marlon uh, Mitchell for oh, about 20 years now, and the Mitchell sisters. And Marlon to me is an example of that hospitable spirit. I have, he took me in one summer when I came home from college, a couple summers, and decided to give me a job. So I worked for him, landscaping West Monroe over there on Cypress Street down there. And, one day, I decided that, well, he needed me to go fill up the dump trailer, dump truck. So I go fill it up, forgetting that it's gas. I load up one sire tank with diesel. And I drove back, and I was like, and after I filled it up, I looked back, and I said, I started the truck. I was like, I just put diesel in there, didn't I? This is, this is a gas truck. He goes, yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, so I didn't flip the tank over yet, so I drive back over to his shop. I said, Marlon, I just filled up six, by about 20 to 30 gallons of diesel in your truck. He goes, what'd you do that for? I was like, well, I, didn't, I wasn't thinking. It's 6.30 in the morning, and I probably went to bed about 2.30, 4 o'clock the previous, well, a couple hours ago because I was still a college student and I still had friends around here and he goes, well, he steps back. I'm thinking he's gonna say, all right, well, you just used your pay for the day because that's how, what I was expecting from previous jobs when I worked at a golf course. If I messed up big, you just go on home for the day and we'll think about it. Well, he just steps back, scratches his head right here. He gives that a chuckle. And I was like, that chuckle's what I needed just to like be 
okay, everything's gonna be okay. So, but it was a little bit of a different chuckle than his normal chuckle where he scratches his head, chuckles, and then moves on to the next thing, the next plant we're doing, next like that. It was a more of a, a deeper chuckle. Like he was thinking, he goes, well, how could I turn this into a positive? I'm thinking, he's thinking. Because I just wasted $60 of his, of his, uh, of his money putting in a thing that could possibly have ruined his truck. So I, uh, he steps back and I tell you, he was thinking, he goes, well, that's no big deal. I'm like, whoa. He goes, we can just drain it, put the stuff, put the diesel in the others and just rinse it out with some diesel, with some gasoline, just move on and do the next thing. So I'm thinking, well, it's going to be about to be this big blow up reaction from him and possibly ruining his truck and all this kind of stuff to five seconds later, his hospitable, congenial attitude changed the whole day. And I said, now look, we, have, we went on about the day and just kind of did our work. I mean, it was like no big deal. He thought about it. We could just drain it and put it through. And, just, and it's like, huh. Previous bosses I would have had would have been like, be mad for days about this because of all of what could have happened instead of what actually just happened. Easy fix, easy smile, easy chuckle, and just accomplish the goal we needed to get done that day. So I'll always thank him for that because he's been that same person for the last 20 years. I think that was 20 years ago. Man, when I worked for him down there at the shop. All right. Well, many of you know now that I have, I'm a teacher, I'm a baseball coach, football coach. And back to going to achieving our goals, being hospitable and all that stuff, using that verse, not necessarily as a, a way to... Uh, do it, but how to be of it when you are going to be going through that. Have a base of who you are and move through it. All right, much of what I studied in college was education. I taught for more than a few years now. Most of my teaching experiences come from working in downtown Houston. And uh, my position as a teacher was to create project-based learning, stuff like that. I flew all over the country learning how to incorporate different ideas to create a goal of how do we get these kids to learn? Have the, how do we have them grow in learning? What's an achievement that we can have them do that facilitates all of their learning? So project-based learning is where you take a project, you take a problem, you give it to the kids, and they come up with methods, ways, using science, using math, all of these combined subjects for the most part, and into moving into one. So this is like this is a great idea. This is an awesome idea. But what I found though is when I was traveling all these different countries, I wasted a lot of my time. Because all they were doing was rebottling, relabeling, all of the same thing. And that's what we back to what I was talking about, the books that we buy, something like that all are there's remodeling different things that we already know and that we could already strive to do. So we spend our money on the books, we spend our money on the goals, to accomplish goals, so to grow in the walk of God. We, we, we uh, follow repackaged versions of one, speak to someone who knows about something and maybe you can learn something. Two, research on what you do and when to do it so you can accomplish the goal. Research, find out what it says to do and then do it. Three, network and find people who are going through the same thing. That way y'all can accomplish things together. Most of those books, most of those websites, most of those things all have that same premise of what it is. 
And I've been getting to think to myself, well, I think I've heard all of this before. I was, I was thinking back where? Well, I've heard it in Sunday school. I've heard it in church. I heard it in college. I'm in American Bible College. So what are these three things? Why are these three things so important? And where do they come from? The first one, speaks to someone new, is what we do as Christians and we follow God's will. First one is we go to God in prayer. We're speaking to someone who knows who is the authority of everything. So when we go to accomplish our goals and everything, we go to prayer first, that way we get ourselves in the right mind. We're going to the person who knows the most. Philippians 4, 6, 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And again, Romans 12, 12, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. So when we're going about our business, our daily life, trying to accomplish our goals, using that, I'm not going to say mantra, but using those Romans 12, 9 through 13 to start our day as our base of how we operate that day, when we go to God in prayer, we're going to the authority to help us accomplish our daily goals, accomplish what we are trying to achieve in our relationship with Christ. Oh, I'm going off the outline now, guys. So y'all can follow along there now. So, um, second thing is we go to God's word. Everything we need is here. It is the research we need to do what we do and when to do it. Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. All Scripture is God breathed breath, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the man of God, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So when we go to accomplish our goals and stuff like that, we have to be in God's word. We have to look to strengthen our relationship through His word, because this is what, not only what He says, but who He is. So we go to God in prayer. We go to God's word. And where do we go if we don't understand the word? We go to church. The third thing is we go to church. We communicate with others. Even if you can't go to church, you can call somebody on the phone. You could look up, FaceTime them. Because a person's face and being able to see it brings a connection to what y'all are both going through at the same time. You can't necessarily understand someone's Heart, you can't understand how they're feeling uh, through a text message. And I think that's what's been missing a lot in the world today is the, the personal relationships created. I know I've seen, I've seen texting where people read it with their own opinion of how it's supposed to be read. It could be way off base. Now, that's another thing with kids, people, and they're doing all this texting and stuff. They blow everything out of proportion when all it was was a simple high. Not a sarcastic high. Wasn't a, a high. You know, people misconstrue giving each other FaceTime or giving each other time in person as something that, well, you can just kind of move along that. Or you can, I could text you, say hello, say bye, and that's part of the, that's making a relationship. That is not making a relationship. Uh, 
it's led to so many problems for kids. It's led to problems in marriage and relationships. Be personal with each other. Go to church. Communicate your problems. Talk to each other on how to develop. Because each one of you, like, like many of the other books say, networking and find people who are going through the same thing you are. That's what church is. That's what communicating to others who are in the same boat as you, trying to achieve goals and grow in their, in their spiritual walk. You are achieving networking. So those three things. Go to God in prayer. Go to God's word. And go to church. These things will help sustain you. These are things that you can do to help sustain yourself. And uh, 1 Corinthians 4.26. What then shall we say, brothers? When you come together, everyone has a hymn, a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or interpretation. All of these things, all of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. So when we are together, we strengthen each other to accomplish our goals. Hebrews uh, 12, 10, 24. And let us consider how we may spur another one on toward love and good deeds. Our faith, our relationship with God can only be represented in the faith in our work that we do outside of ourselves. We cannot be selfish with what we have. We have to be able to give it to others. My last sidebar. Um, in baseball, in order to achieve the big accomplishments, the big goal, the grand scheme, the home run, the game, it all starts with practice. Setting yourself up for creating those goals, accomplishing those goals. So when we set up ourselves with practice, I go back to Romans 12, 9 through 13. Our love must be sincere every day that we go. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted one to another in brotherly love. Honor one another above ourselves, above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. We set ourselves up to do our daily business according to those scriptures. We can achieve our goals through going to God in prayer, through God's word, and going to church and commuting with like-minded people and networking to help each other out. That is how we accomplish our goals. That's how we sustain, or do our part in sustaining. But we have an awesome, awesome God. So all this sustaining that we try to do, sometimes ultimately fail. We can't do everything. But God has promised this. Psalms 55, 22. Cast all your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. We can do all this, fail as many times as we can, and we don't necessarily need to do everything on us because God ultimately sustains us with his grace. He sustains us with his promises. And above all, he sustains us with his love. We cannot do any of this or not have the opportunity to do any of this, any achievements, any goals, or even have life if it wasn't for God's love. Thank you. Jeremy wanted us to conclude our service today singing the doxology, which we don't do very often. So why don't you stand with us as we sing that this morning?
you. Y'all can be seated. Hey, good to have you, each of you today. Our visitors, we thank you for being here with us. And please come back. Jeremy, we appreciate the challenge that you give to each of us. We love and appreciate your family. And thank you for doing this, filling in and worshiping this morning. Thank you for that. We ask uh, as we go today, just, uh, just remember the prayer needs that we had mentioned. And remember, God's got everything under control for us to just keep our eyes on God. He loves and cares for us. And we just thank again that each of you are here this morning. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for this time of worship. We just thank you for the love that you have for each of us. Go with us, Lord. Lead and guide us. Help us to stay in your will, Lord. Help us to keep our eyes on you. And we ask all this in your name. Amen.